Good morning, welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Facebook. Uh, we're going to continue our series on spiritual formation and this morning I want to talk about building people. Um, I hope you'll find this encouraging and you're able to look out for each other at this time. I want to open in Romans 15 and we're going to jump straight into the scripture this morning. It says, We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive and not just live to please ourselves, but help others do what's right and build them up in the Lord. He goes on in verse 13, he says, I pray that God, the source of all hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope in the power of the Holy Spirit. The mark of someone who is strong and the power of the Spirit is that they're able to lift others, to make, to take an active role in the spiritual formation of others. Perhaps our strength could be measured in our ability in strengthening others. And just because you have faith doesn't make you necessarily a better person, but that faith does make you strong and give the ability to speak peace into the hearts of others. The building of strong people comes from the dwelling of the Holy Spirit and encouraging others when they're down. And as we learn to trust in him, he fills us with such joy and such peace. And the overflow of the Spirit, like a river flowing out from us, giving us uh, ability to bring life to other people. We're not strong in the Spirit because of our self-effort. But we are strong because the way God is able to use us. And there are times that we are strong. And there are times that we're feeling weak. There are times to lament and times to rejoice. Maybe at this time the church needs to reclaim the need to lament, lament as part of our journey of faith. But know the season you're in. I've been praying this week from 1 Chronicles 12, 32 where it's noted that there were people uh, from the tribe of Israel who knew the times they lived in and they knew what the nation was supposed to do. And I'll pray that today, that God will rise up people in our nation that will know what we should do, that they shall have wisdom and understanding and that God would guide them into all truth. And I'm praying, I don't know about you, but I'm believing, I'm praying that we have a vaccine, that we have a way through this. And the word of faith that keeps coming to me is stay strong, keep the faith. And I know there's times we're often concerned, do we have enough faith? And there's been times this week when even the best of us will struggle with doubts. But faith, like many other spiritual principles, is often received when we give it away. Our spiritual life is measured by what flows out of us. This is why Jesus says, out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. Or by their fruit, you will know them. Or because of your love for others, you will be known as my disciples. So we're talking about spiritual formation and what it means to be a builder. A wise man builds on the firm foundation. Let's know that we are not the foundation. We are not the rock, but we are called to be builders. And society and the church is built by those who take responsibility, tell the truth and do the right thing. 1 Corinthians 3.10, Paul says, By the grace that God has given me, I laid a foundation, a wise builder. 
and someone else is building on it, but each one should take care how they build. Proverbs 14 verse 1 says, A wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. And the building of a church is not the building of large stone edifices, but it is building of people. And we may not have the nicest looking church building in the country, well, according to the Guardian, but we do have the Spirit of God within us and we do have good news that melts the hearts of those who even, uh, even those supposedly made of stone. Our vision has to be bigger than the number of people coming through our door, but building people who are capable of transforming the world that we live in. People who can be representing Christ on earth. You know, if Christ was here, he would be anointed by God, bringing healing, dealing with oppression, finding common ground, encouraging us. And as Paul said to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 5.20, we have been called to speak for Christ as if God is calling to you through us. We speak for Christ when we beg you to be at peace with God. We can be more concerned today with all the bad news that we hear instead of getting out and giving good news to people. We are building a church which has a last large capacity and we can only do this when we build each other up. We're called to be a people of power, a people with authority that can change things, a people that live the way that they speak and say that they live. This is why Jesus was different from the Pharisees of his day. He was one who spoke with authority. He would say, beware of the Pharisees, their teaching. They're strict and they're harsh, yet they don't follow it themselves. And they were always looking for opportunities to trick Jesus. But the wisdom of God's spirit gave him the right words to say. And he taught his disciples that their leadership style would be different, that they would serve one another. And this is actually what happened. The disciples modelled Christ and they saw many come to faith. He says in Matthew 23, He who is the greatest among you, let him be your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. But woe to the scribes, the Pharisees, for they're hypocrites. They shut up the doors for the kingdom of heaven against people, and they neither go in themselves nor allow those who are entering to go in. Uh, we want to be people who open the doors of heaven. And our words can do this. Our words can build people up. Our words can build God's kingdom. Galatians 5, Paul says, The law is made complete in this one command. Love your neighbour as you love yourself. If you go on hurting each other, tearing each other apart, be careful or you'll completely destroy each other. Jesus speaks of building his church with power and authority, but not in people of position that lord it over one another. Those in authority, uh, is a spiritual authority, not the big boss mentality. Jesus has given the name above every name and it's in his name we build the church and all of the gates of hell should not prevail against it. There's always new life and new hope that we find in Christ. And in the scriptures, we discover the call of the disciples to build and to battle. When Peter made that great confession that Christ was the son of the living God in Matthew 16, Jesus says this to him, on this rock, I will build my church. That's the building. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's the battle. 
And though we may not have seen it in those times, there is a consistent theme through the whole Bible. If we stand back and look at the big picture, we find that the Bible is the story of God within human history, building and battling. The Bible opens in a garden. And where does it end? In a city, the New Jerusalem. Abraham, it says, look forward to a city not made by human hands, but a city whose maker and builder was Yahweh, God himself. And this is the story, the process from the garden to the city. Only God can build a city. And all the way, yes, fighting against forces that would try and prevent or postpone the building of God's kingdom. In other words, the mission of Christ is often shown to be both constructive and deconstructive. He presents them in that order and it's important to know that building is the ultimate purpose of God but battling is sometimes necessary within that process. He came for the world for building but what are the things that are against us in our mission? The great passion of God um, is to see us built up and we may feel tired and weary but we don't give up. We may be in a time of lament and struggle, but we are holding steady. That's Roz and I often look at each other and go, come on, it's time to hold steady. And if you're a disciple of Christ, you're called to build with a tool in one hand as a builder, but you're also called to be a soldier with a sword in the other hand. And Christ himself is equipping us to build and to battle. He says the battle is the Lord's. So we know whose side we're fighting on. And we're not fighting against other human beings. We're fighting against things that would try and hold back the kingdom of God being established here on earth. And we do this by developing ourselves spiritually or being spiritually formed. And through spiritual gifts, this is the way we build one another up. The scripture tells us earnestly desire the best gifts earnestly desire spiritual gifts but why are we encouraged to be eager to spiritual gifts why are we hungering after them it's not so that we can say hey look at me aren't I wonderful look what gifts I've got but there are spiritual gifts that will help us in our edification of others that's a great word isn't it edification 1 Corinthians fourteen twelve says since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for edification of the church that you seek to excel. And often words like that are used in a church setting, but not anywhere else. Um, edification literally means to construct, to build or to build up. So this is what our gifts are for. This is why we need to be spiritually formed, spiritually in tune, because we are supposed to edify the church, the people of God. And we're called to be uh, disciples who zealously go after gifts, to develop these things within us, to be builders, to build ourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, not just to tear down. You see, a farmer will tell you that ploughing is necessary, but ploughing without planting is fruitless. And the harvest needs gathering in their times in our lives when we feel like we're just ploughing and it's hard. Or we feel like we've been sowing and sowing for so long we're not seeing any reward. But reaping time is coming. Don't say that there's four months to the harvest. Look up 
the fields are white under harvest, it's ready to go. But sometimes we concentrate on the negative, and I get that, it's difficult at the moment. We maybe look at what's wrong in our lives, we look at the garden of our hearts, and we're carefully pulling out the weeds and saying, Lord, there's not one weed left, look how I'm searching my heart, look how I'm pulling everything out that's not of you. But the Lord says, what are you planting? God expects us to be planters. He expects things in our hearts and our lives to uh, be producing fruit. He wants us planting, not just weeding. And one of the most powerful tools we have to build and to plant is our words. But sometimes it's just our words are used to destroy and tear down others. God's saying, become like me, build, strengthen, bless others. Use your tongue, which is your most powerful tool, to bless others. James in chapter 3 says, We all stumble in many ways, and if everyone is never at fault, then he is a perfect being, able to keep his whole body in check. How does he do this? He continues, The tongue is a small part of our body, but it makes some great boasts. With the tongue we praise the Lord our Father, and with it we curse people. We have been made in God's likeness and out of the same mouth come praisings and cursings. My brothers and sisters, it shouldn't be like this. If we pass on gossip or slander or malice towards others, we give those things power. To starve the things of their power, we don't talk about them. We don't give them airtime. We are not to employ our mouth in the service of the enemy, but we're no, we're supposed to build a stronghold with our words. This is how Christ, even at the most testing of his times, he didn't speak out to curse others. He quietly took the punishment for other people's wrongs. In taking this, he didn't pass it on, look for fault in others, play the blame game, look out for issues in others. He had the right to be angry, to feel accused for something he didn't do, yet he kept silent. He gave up his right and declared no charge to the guilty ones. <clears throat> Maybe our struggle is to control our tongue. And when we decide in our own ability, you know, I'm not going to speak anything negative, but I'm going to be positive. I'm going to believe the best and then maybe fail at times. Only God can control our tongues. When our tongues are given over to him and the power of the Holy Spirit comes in our, to our lives. And you can ask him. Ask him to say, stop my tongue from speaking something that I know I shouldn't and give me the chance to say, no, I'm not going to say those things. Now, this doesn't mean that you never say anything that doesn't sound negative. In other, if you see something that needs to be addressed, you can share it in the spirit of love. Go ahead. And if you're in an accountable relationship with someone and you feel you exhort them to see something change, then great. It's not that we don't say things negative, but we have to build one another up, not just tear them down if we're going to advance God's kingdom. Jeremiah the prophet was used to speak to the whole nation and the Lord said to him, I have put my words in your mouth and my words I have appointed you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Notice the prophet tears down and destroys that the purpose is to rebuild and to plant. It's not just tearing down for tearing down's sake. It's tearing down the wrong things in order to build the right things. Paul says to Titus 
Uh, an elder must be one who holds firmly to the trustworthy message that, as it's been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and to refute those who oppose it. You see, we need to know our scriptures in order to be able to refute um, uh, doctrine that is not sound. So there is a positive here. Come to know your scripture, know what the Bible says so you can detect false teachings. And even if someone says something to you, maybe it sounds negative, maybe it's to bring correction, but it's done in a spirit of love and gentleness, then we accept it. We accept the words that others speak into our lives with humility. And then we pray and say, Lord, is there something in my life that I need to change? Then help me. I want to close with this. We're called to be a people of power, to build a church, to uplift, to build people with large capacity, not just tear down with gossip and slander, but to empower people with our words. Pastors, leaders need to be able to encourage and correct with that humility. Not only leaders, but we should all help others. We cannot leave it to, to, to the leadership to take responsibility. If we see someone struggling, we can help them. And if we see someone taking a wrong path that we know is destructive for them, we can redirect them. As I say, I'm closing with Galatians 6. Brothers and sisters, if someone in your group does something wrong, you who are spiritual should go to that person and gently help them make it right again. But be careful because you might be tempted to sin too. By helping each other with your troubles, you truly obey the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he's important when he's really not, he's only fooling himself. Each person should judge his own actions and not compare himself to others. As a message for us today. Then he can be proud of what he himself has done. Each person responsible for himself. Anyone who is learning the teaching of God should share the good things he has with his teacher. Don't be fooled, you cannot cheat God. People harvest only what they plant. If they plant to satisfy them sinful selves, then sinful selves will bring them to ruin. But if they plant to please the Spirit, they will receive eternal life from the Spirit. We must not get tired in doing good, for we receive the eternal harvest at the right time if we don't give up. And we should have the opportunity to help other ones, other people, we should do it. But give special attention to those who are in the family of believers. So our spiritual formation is in how we are building others. When we are full of faith, let's use that to encourage others. And you actually end up encouraging yourself. We're called to build, not just tear down. Not just take apart, but to build what God has called us to build, which is his kingdom. And we're looking forward to that building that God is making. We're looking forward to that new uh, city of God where we can dwell together in peace. I want to close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're with us every step of the way. That you're using us to build up others. That you are too building us up. You're developing us spiritually giving us spiritual gifts and uh, in order to encourage one another. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that this time you're with us every step of the way. And we thank you for that encouragement of your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. God bless you.